Autumn is a time when what was green now fades to shades of orange and brown. It's a season that brings with it Halloween, a night when ghouls, goblins, and even demons dance freely in the amber moonlight, when treats are given to ward off evil doing, and masks are worn to hide the wickedness inside us all. And for a brief time, magical things live in the imaginations of children and horror fans. The season of the witch has begun. Good evening and welcome to Gore, a horror podcast to keep you up at night. I'm the Wicked Kitten who's getting into mischief, and with me, as always, are my creepy co-hosts, the lovely Travis. Well, hello. The endearing, the ethereal Faye. Hi, hi. And lastly, the dread you've been feeling since you hit play on this podcast. Dreadly. Hello. Here we are, back again, doing our thing in the swing. Am I rhyming? Is this? Did I just make up a rap? It was kind of like a. <laughs> you did something. It felt like a blondie rap, you know. <laughs> but uh, there you go. Uh, you know, time has passed. Let's find out what the gang has been up to. In a little thing I like to call, "What you doing? What you watching? How you been?" Travis. Not too bad. Um, let's see. I saw. Exorcist the Believer, or The Exorcist Believer, rather. I went to the theater and saw that. Um, it was uh, fine. A um, little, mm-hmm. little flat, little not quite what I was hoping for. Um, and I didn't have, like, huge expectations going into it, but it it did some things really well, but other things not, not great. Um Certainly not something that I think Universal is thrilled about after having paid $400 million for the rights to that series. So, um, we've been doing uh, the gore crossovers on my show, Wait You Haven't Seen. That's been fun. We watched Chud uh, this past week, which was um, okay. Uh, (laughs) I think overall we, we mostly didn't hate it, but um that was fun. It's it's always fun doing those in October every year. Uh, I I really enjoy doing doing those episodes of the show. I was on a podcast called The Part Time Gamers talking about Alan Wake, um, and the upcoming Alan Wake Two, which was great. I got to just gush about that game for like forty five minutes. Um, Such a good game. Fun. And I cannot wait uh, for the sequel. Um, it's, it's it's two weeks I think or something like that. Pretty close. October twenty seventh. Yep. It's coming. About so the time this that. comes out. Be, be playing the hell out of that. Um, also, based on uh, us watching some Stephen King stuff recently, uh, I watched The Langoliers. Yay! I went back and watched it for the first time in quite a long time. And it, re- it it took me right back to, I remember the night it played on ABC. My mom worked for the local ABC affiliate at the time. So I knew it was coming. And uh, we recorded it. Uh, off the off TV, and I just remember sitting and watching that and loving the hell out of it at the time, um, and it's still a whole lot of fun. Um, it's very classic Stephen King 
TV miniseries in all of its good and bad points. Um, Have you listened to uh, one of the recent um, film sacks, by the way, when they mention Langoliers? I haven't. I'm very behind on listening to film sack. Uh, so I like I to listen to... to the October, the Sacktober episodes, like while they were going on, but they mentioned Langoliers and they didn't say positive things about it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I know. And I understand. Mm, yes. I, I understand uh, those thoughts, but uh, they're usually wrong. So, it's, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, fine. It's, it's fine to be wrong. I don't I don't. Hold it like, against people. From what someone told me, they also said bad things about the conjuring. So, you know, they have terrible taste. They, Unlike like us. You know what they what they said about the conjuring was like lukewarm stuff. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Terrible. <laughs> Not to spoil the episode for you, Travis, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I, I also wonder too, like it's like anything, your expectations play into what you get. Like you cannot watch for instance, the Langoliers. You cannot sit down and watch Stephen King's The Langoliers and expect like a great horror film. It's not that. It's a made-for-TV miniseries with almost zero budget, which you can tell the whole time, and made by a television director. Um, funny thing is, I remember when that was put on DVD, and the director's name is Tom Holland. No relation to the Tom Holland Spider-Man. But oh, he, it's uh, Tom Holland that directs other horror movies I've seen, I think. Yeah. Um, and the back of the DVD had his name so large as the director. <laughs> I'm like, what is the ego on this guy like? Because it, like his name was in a font two to three times the size of any other lettering on the back of the DVD case. That's- um. But like expectations play a huge part in it because the Langoliers is a ton of fun when you watch it in the you know in the right mindset of like it's a it's gonna be campy the acting is going to be silly at best and <laughs> stupidly over the top. Um, I do remember when that movie or when that miniseries debuted, how big of a like shock it was to so many people to see Bronson Pinchot obviously playing not only a bad guy that he was in the, in that, but so far removed from his character of Balky. Oh yeah. That people like didn't know what to do because it's the curse of being on a popular TV show. You are then forever associated with that one role and fairly or unfairly, mostly unfairly. I will say that Tom, Tom Holland, he directed uh, the original fright night, the mm-hmm. original child's play thinner. Yep. That's, oh, I guess not that he didn't. He wrote. He also wrote Psycho Two, which is considered like, like the second best Psycho, and he wrote Class of 1984, that one that scarred me from like a few weeks ago. Yep. So maybe he really the Beast Within. He wrote the Beast Within. Wait a minute. He just somehow he managed to get his name so damn big on the back of the Langoliers box. It cracked me up. I'll see if I can if I can find a picture of it. I'll put it in our uh, our chat. So he did the Langoliers, and then the next year he did Thinner. That's so funny. Yeah. I guess Stephen Kingy. Mm-hmm. But that was a lot of fun to revisit and watch. Like it's so low budget that I I would love honestly like a um, and I know. Uh, he won't do it, but Mike Flanagan like style redo of the the Langoliers, 
like that level of production with that story. Cause I think the story itself is pretty fascinating with the idea of like I've never what seen happens, it. what happens to time. Wait, you haven't seen, um, we'll have to do that for a movie night. Oh yeah. Or, I love that, that movie. I we'll love the story. Yeah. I love the story. Well, it's, um, I think grand total is about three hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's like but it's, it's just, it's such a fascinating story. I would love to see it done with production values and a little bit of budget thrown at it. Um, like what Flanagan's done with a lot of stuff recently, or some of the more recent kind of King adaptations, because I do think there's a really cool story there that you could get to uh, without it having to be cartoonish at parts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like the Langoliers themselves. We don't need well, CG flying critters. <laughs> I mean, that's giving them a lot of credit. They were, they were meatballs with teeth. <laughs> and I love them. But, it would just be cool to see, but that, yeah, I mean, that was the big one. Uh, it, it's kind of like, I mean, exorcist believer in a lot of ways should have been a lot better than it was, but it sort of fell into the trap of like having some budget, but not really having a direction to go in. And which is, I think the opposite of something like the Langoliers, which had a, a good direction and a good vision, just didn't have the budget to like pull it off. I, I really hoped you were going to say that uh, Exorcist Believer went also in the meatball direction instead of clean pea soup. <laughs> yes, it had it had uh, cheap floating meatball CG. Um, <laughs> that was right at the end. Uh, and other than that, I've been starting to work on some crafting projects for Christmas gifts. I'm going to be giving out um, for family members. So. Uh, be- I was inspired by a recent episode we did of Those Were the Days during our private investigator month for my dad's Christmas gifts this year. So I'm going to start working on that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, That was the other thing is we watched um, Murder, She Wrote. And it's been, it's taken a lot of self-control not to just spend all of my free time watching Murder, She Wrote after that, because (laughs) that that show is so good. Yep. So It's very popular for a reason. Mm-hmm. That thing was on for like 30 years or something, right? It was like 10 or 12 years, I think. Yeah, but then they made some movie-length episode thingies over the years. Either way, it was a, it was a whole lot of fun. So I've been, uh, been hip-deep in all sorts of fun stuff lately. Faye, how, how, uh, where... Uh, wait. What do you? What? How have you been? And what are you? What are you doing? And what? What? Where have you been? What? What have you watched? And played? Well, I too went and saw The Exorcist Believer, and my feelings are pretty much like Travis's. We were actually talking about it. it it's good acting, great cinematography. Just felt a little hollow. Yeah, like something there was things missing, no heart. But who knows? Maybe they'll. Uh, hopefully, they'll uh, release a longer cut that ha- that adds that back into it. That's my hope, anyways. Uh, other than that, I did watch uh, the new VHS VHS eighty five or eighty four, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I enjoyed it. I would say it's probably the best of this of the VHS movies. Yeah. Um, I watched Totally Killer, uh, which was actually fun. Uh, yeah. 
it's I really enjoyed it. I loved seeing the eighties again. I miss the eighties. <laughs> I absolutely adore the eighties. It's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. Um, I did also watch speaking of the eighties, uh, more brains, a return of the living dead documentary. Ooh. Mm, nice. I want to yeah. watch. It's on Screenbox. Oh, so I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I also rewatched, uh, all hollows Eve too. Oh God! No, you didn't. I did. I didn't get Look, I can through it all the of it. First one, but that <laughs> second one is that like the first one is bad. The second one is just wow. I fell asleep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that second one is so. Rough. I should say I, I tried. Finished it. I think there's just a part in it where I just kind of gave up. I'm like, I don't even want to see the end of this. Yeah. That was kind of my feeling, too. But I fell asleep while it was still on. So it finished, but I didn't watch it all. <laughs> that counts. Uh, but uh, that that's pretty much it. Dreadly. Who and where, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Well, I'm not at home because I'm currently sitting in a hotel room. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Interesting. And and what have you watched in the last few? Well, uh, there's not been a lot because I've been busy doing stuffs and planning and all that. Uh, I, I did manage to play a game on stream because I felt like it and uh, it was a quick game. So I quickly played and finished Resident Evil 7, which Aww. is a damn good game. That's the one with the water on your hand to heal, right? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, hands and feet and legs and choppy and stabby and water heals everything. Mm-hmm. Magical. Nature's Magic. Band-Aid. Uh, but not the usual. Still in Persona 4 and Final Fantasy 15. Because those games are huge. And they keep going. Forever and ever. And, and ever. ever. Uh, movies? Well, also not much have, has been watched. I did finally come around to seeing Quantumania. Which... You know, Ant-Man is fun. So <laughs> this movie was also fun. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate that one at all. Yeah. And uh, it has some nice cameos of uh, certain actors that are nice to see. Uh, yeah. Uh, one movie that is more of uh, in relation to this podcast uh, was uh, No One Will Save You. Yes. Ah, that was a uh, movie is fu- fucking weird. I'm yes. going to say that it is a very weird fucking movie. Um, it's on my list. It was creepy. It was weird. It was nice. I'm not going to say anything except this. There is like no dialogue for a large majority of this movie. Really? Like hmm. no dialogue. 
it's interesting and really weird. I recommend people watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's different. Hmm. Also, the title is just creepy sounding. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it, you would think it's kind of spoilerish to say that to you in the beginning. Like, you know, no one will save you. Oh, well. Cool. <laughs> but is it actually a spoiler? Or did someone save people I mean, you'll have like to watch that, and find out there's like that movie where it's like john dies at the end or something like that and it's like well i'm guessing john dies at the end of this right but <laughs> i don't actually know if he does because i never watched the movie so you gotta watch to actually find out because maybe it's a it's you know maybe he's a zombie at the end we don't know yeah you never know uh i i also i also watched uh totally killer i thought it was great as well love the 80s uh just just a fun movie. I feel like it kind of reminded me of um, the other one that I wanted to be that my my best friend's exorcism was kind of like in that same kind of like fun throwback yeah. horror like teen I like horror. that one too. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I didn't mention this ever, but I recently watched through She-Hulk. And I never got a chance to say that I really adore that show. Oh, it's It's wonderful. Really great. Uh, I'm behind on most of my Marvel stuff. I promise I'm going to go back. I got to finish watching Loki. I have to get into what's the other one with uh, Vision and Wanda Lady. Wanda Vision. There you go. I got there. Um,. But just She-Hulk is probably at this point my favorite, my favorite Marvel show. Hoping Miss hey, Marvel was great too. What? Miss Marvel. Oh, Miss Marvel! Um, I also watched the Miss Marvel. I love Miss Marvel as well. She-Hulk is more, I guess, probably my more my flavor, just because like maybe like an age thing or something. But love Miss Marvel. So yeah. Just been doing that and working a lot more lately and um, tired a lot. Tired a lot. But I think it's about that time to peek around that corner and give you some of the highlights of horror news. We finally got a trailer for the new Toxic Avenger. Yay! Yay. A teaser anyway. I mean, there's very very little in it. I mean, honestly, that's what I think trailers should be. Just something to wet the whistle and get you interested instead of the half hour long trailers we get anymore. <laughs> well, Trailer movies. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I agree mo- for the most part. I, I don't like the overly long trailers that, that like Sony likes to do and give away plot points. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, plus, like Peter Dinklage is involved, which means it's I'm going to want to oh, watch yeah. it anyway yeah and elijah wood yeah yeah that's right there's a lot of names in this one yeah well when you have cult classic status like the toxic avenger you can get a lot of names to show up even in cameos mostly cameos for your movie so i'm excited it looks like it'll be uh, i'm hopeful that it'll be fun me too 
Love the originals. And coming in to make your white Christmas a little bit redder is It's a Wonderful Knife. Uh, featuring Justin Long and, for whatever reason, Joel McHale. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but this looks uh, really interesting. Always looking for new Christmas horror movies, because those are just the only kind of horror movies that are fun. I mean, I'm sorry, the only kind of Christmas movies that are fun. There's the only mm. kind there of There we go. Nice catch. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's... Yeah. It's a, a cool idea to take a spin on the the whole "It's a Wonderful Life." I was never born idea of storytelling, yeah. and but but put it in a horror setting. Um, they do it enough with those damn uh, romantic Hallmark movies. <laughs> also, horror movies. <laughs> Shut up. Horrifying movie is very different from horror movie. Ah, true. Sorry. It's as bad as regular TV. Come on. Not that terrible. No. Not that terrible. But also, yes. But no. I don't know. It's a Wonderful Knife looks like it could be a lot of fun. If I hadn't, if we weren't doing this show, I probably wouldn't have heard of it until it came out. Uh, It just (laughs) wouldn't, like, I just wouldn't have paid attention. And I feel like it's one that's just going to kind of be one that's going to fly under a lot of people's radar, but it will most likely be a lot of fun. It's reminding me of, like, last year we got, um, the forgot the name of the one with the Santa robots and then the other one with the which one weren't there the, multiple Santa robots or was it just killer Santas I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, well it came out last year and so did the one with um, David Harbor because David Harbor's was violent night violent night yeah see that was also like a like a play on like Christmassy word thingies and a movie from the forties. And this looks like it's going to be fun. It's not going to, I'm not sure it's going to be like kick-ass like that one was, but it definitely has that same kind of like, it's going to be funny. And yeah, it's going to be somewhat, you know, self-referential, very meta um, in, in a lot of ways, I feel Um, that's sort of a thing now, but it is at least moving away from the killer or uh, the either, Killer or badass Santa Claus trend of the last few years. Hey, that's an old trend. There have been killer Santa Clauses as long as we've been alive. Christmas Bloody Christmas is the one you Christmas were Bloody Christmas. Thank you. That was the not. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You. I remember you not liking that one, Travis. It was understandably. Yeah. It. It was yet another one of those movies where I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. I I felt like it felt like a movie that I should have enjoyed more, but it just wasn't quite there. That's, that's what I got out of that. It's sort of like uh, when we watched uh, Willie's Wonderland um, and like Willie's Wonderland should have been my jam. It's got goddamn Nick Cage in it playing doom guy beating the shit out of animatronics and down in and just slamming back energy drinks. I should have loved that movie and I was only meh on it. So, you know, it happens sometimes. I mean, I'll take Willie's Wonderland over jujitsu. <laughs> I mean, advantage push, right? Like they're not, 
I don't know that one is necessarily incredibly better than the other. Um, <laughs> so there's another Jiu-Jitsu, movie. Sorry, Jujitsu got boring. Willy's Wonderland also got boring. So uh, what doesn't look like either one of those, though, is a movie called Night Swim, um, which is what? A haunted pool, I guess. Yeah. And uh, playing Marco Polo in the dark. And then uh, you're inducing pool lights. Um. Uh, Night Swim is, of course, from the producer of The Nun. Right. That's <laughs> That never gives me uh, a, a warm feeling when I'm watching a trailer and they're like, from producer James Wan of The Nun. All right. First of all, he's producing this. So he's not directing. He didn't write yeah. it. And... On top of that, you pick one of his worst movies to pull from. And then right after that, it's and producer Blumhouse. Okay, so the studio that made something. So you've, you've picked two things that have as little to do with the actual film being made as you can have involved in it. And that's your selling point. That's why I hate marketing that does that. It's like when you see Quentin Tarantino presents the man with the iron fists. And it's like, yeah, Tarantino wrote a couple of checks to help get this movie made. Like, that's it. He didn't have any creative influence in it at all. But then the average movie fan or average audience member will just see the name Quentin Tarantino and associate, oh, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Well, no, it's not. This isn't a James Wan movie. Well, but it's what sells the seats. So they do it. Well, it's fucking stupid. It's it. it, But it it, like I get saying his name like that's that's fine. But like I I do question why it's the nun because I'm like. I, yeah. I just went to look. I'm like, well, maybe that was just the last movie he produced. Oh, none too. But it's not. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, Megan was there. Malignant was there. But although he directed Malignant as well. But that's the thing. Like, if you're going to go by his producing credits, there's plenty. Yeah. If you're going to go by using his name, there's plenty to use that isn't the nun. Like, th- yeah, anything. Is that anything else that he way? has done. I Mention the wait. Fast and Furious movie. Mention, like, from producer James Wan of Aquaman makes more sense. And it leads <laughs> to something like, hey, people liked Aquaman. Or like, if they said the last movie that already came out that he had produced, which would have been Megan. Like, that sure. would have been fine, too. No, that was Blumhouse, though. They had to mention that Blumhouse Productions made Megan, right? And that's the other one I hate is from the studio that brought you. Like, oh, cool. Okay, yeah, the, the studio that brought me something. That means zero. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Oh, what I'm I saying is, you're not making me want. <laughs> you're not making me want to watch this movie. Sorry. Well, no, you, you want to find out how it just jump scares are in a swimming pool. <laughs> so, it, like, can yeah, I can yeah. I tell you something? Because I'm watching I'm watching the trailer and it's like a it's one of those like Marco and then like a thing going Polo, and, you know, right? Like, and it's like this weird like you know supposed to scare you. I wanted to tell this this quick little story that freaked me out the other night because I was I was watching TV on my like my fire my fire stick and I have my headphones in and so like when you want to ask for something you kind of talk into the remote you press a button talking to the remote and because it was late I whispered into the remote and I'm just like you know whatever and she whispered back to me and it was the creepiest fucking thing ever because it was right in my ear with the earbuds and I'm just like she knows she's alive (laughs) no that's built in that's because you're being quiet it's going to be quiet but it's creepy (laughs) 
I think Siri does that too. Probably. I, oh my god. Oh, Siri, you you don't know how scared I was for like ten seconds. I'm just like, oh my god. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. I watch a lot of horror movies, and sometimes you're just like, well, number one, what if the things that I watch are now real, or what if I've lost my mind? Yeah, no, there's a great outcome. <laughs> of all the things I've lost, I missed my mind the most. Hey, I know that quote. Yep, yep. Well, speaking of losing your mind, uh, we also had an update on Silent Hill Ascension, which is something we mentioned like ages ago when they dropped a whole lot of Silent Hill stuff on us. But it's uh, this one is the, the not the game, but uh, an interactive streaming series. And uh, well, the news is it's going to premiere on October 31st. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, looking forward to that. There is an iOS and Android app that you can uh, pre-order, which I don't really know what it means because it's free. It's basically I'm interested, I assume. But go, go check that out and uh, get ready to. I don't know what it's going to be. Is it going to be good? It's going to be bad. I don't know, but it's Silent Hill. And I want so more Silent it. Hill. Yeah, and the the idea of an interactive series has me intrigued. I want to see how yes. that can be done. Because it's been tried before, um, but I want to <laughs> see how they're going to implement it and see how well it goes. Plus, like you said, Silent Hill. I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And now for tonight's feature presentation. Well, that sounds interesting, but you know what it's time for? The 13? Yes. Wait, no. No, it's Halloween. And you know what that means. Time to discuss Halloween tree? The best Halloween. I can't wait to find out what little Michael is up to this time. Yeah, about that. You know, the way he goes around town and just killing everyone, it's just my favorite part of the series. Well, Dad and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she's a master of her craft. Witchcraft? Well, I don't know about that. I meant acting. You do know that they're not in this, right? Ha ha, very funny. Anyway, let's grab some popcorn and see Michael and Lori battle it out once again. I brought the shots! Six of them? But there's only four of us. Don't worry about it. Numbers are meaningless. Unlike Tom Atkins' yummy booty. I shot him six times! Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, is a 1982 horror sci-fi film, third in the Halloween series, and the best one. No bias here. Written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, produced by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, because I've got to get their names in there. It stars the delicious, lovable scamp Tom Atkins and his butt, Stacey Nelkin, and Dan O'Hurley. When I was younger, I was warned not to watch this movie. I was told it was bad, and it didn't even have Michael Myers in it. How wrong those motherfuckers were. So, Travis, 
What is your favorite moment in this movie? Favorite moment in this movie? Yeah. Ooh, um, boy, that's that's a tough question because I like a lot of little moments in this. Um, oh man, there's uh, the drunk that he runs into who inexplicably in the next scene is killed. So it's like, cool. We introduce a, Oh, never mind. Don't get, don't get too attached to this guy. Um, <laughs> by just ripping his head clean off his shoulders. I mean, that's always a, a like you do. gruesome way to go. Um, there's, uh, the tiny little, uh, motel in the middle of nowhere that has, uh, washcloths for towels. Um, always <laughs> cracks me up. Because when mm-hmm. she gets out of the shower, the towel she has is roughly the size of like a dish towel. And so then she's got to scamper across the room to wrap herself up in the blanket for the bed because she's cold. Okay. Yeah. Hotel um, towels were pretty small, though. Let's, let's be honest. Small, They're yes. But she, was small. A, she was a tiny little person, and that towel was like, <laughs> I mean, I've got washcloths bigger than that towel is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but yeah, there's also... Yeah. There's also anything having to do with uh, with Dan O'Herlihy or or Herlihy because um, he's just great. He's got that wonderful Absolutely. voice. Um, it's hard for me to pick a favorite moment, um, but I think if I had if if I was forced to, which I am, um, <laughs> I, I like that you picked three so far. You're gonna pick a fourth one, but I if I had to pick one. <laughs> If I had to pick one, I'm going to go with uh, the dude that dropped off uh, the old man at the hospital at the beginning of it. When he, when the old man starts to freak out, dude's just like, I'm the fuck out of here and just backs up. And Oh, my God. Yes. I smartest character that. in the whole movie. He was just like, look, my name's Paul. This is between y'all. Peace. I'm out. And he just yeah. took off. It was just short of whistling. while moving. that would have made it. A 10 out of 10. It's a 9 out of 10 for what happens if he whistled and like stuck his hands in his pockets as he walked away. That would have been perfect. Faye, who is your favorite character? The the same one that Travis just talked about. (laughs) (laughs) He's the real star of the show. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, that that scene, and then the scene at the end of the movie when he's like, "Hey, I know you." Yeah, yeah. that was he's the doctor. <laughs> he's the doctor. Uh, that character is Walter Jones, by the way. Um, is the character's name played by Essex Smith? You know what? I I will say that his look reminded me of the um, the hitchhiker from Creepshow Two. Yeah. Just something about his outfit, you know, like his coat and his hat. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. That guy. If Sammy Davis Jr. played the hitchhiker in Creep in, in that movie, that's because that's who he kind of reminded me of. Is there's a little Sammy Davis Jr. going on there. Dreadley. What is your favorite kill? Ah, oh, well, you know, that's a difficult question. There's there's quite a couple of kills that I like, like <laughs> the one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, 
feel like I'm going to just mention, because we have watched a couple of movies in the last couple of weeks together uh, for various shows and reasons, and we have seen a lot of kids being killed in these movies. So it was fun to see another movie where another kid kicks the bucket. <laughs> Turns into a bunch of critters. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I still don't know where they come from, but it's gross and uh, it's disgusting. Just, and uh, just think of it like alchemy. <laughs> that's yeah. okay. It, there was that they actually had in back in 2013. Uh, Tommy Lee Wallace was at a panel talking about this movie, and the moderator asked him to explain because he was Tommy Lee Wallace is the one who got the credit for writing this, even though John Carpenter and there was another guy that that co-wrote it um but they asked him to explain the connection between stonehenge ireland robots laser beams that <laughs> melt flesh and produce and conjure bugs and snakes from the human body and tommy lee wallace was like it's magic man <laughs> okay mm-hmm. uh then i'll believe it yep. there we go <laughs> um travis already mentioned uh, head being squished off or pulled off but mm-hmm. uh i'm just gonna say the the, the the cellar lady in the hotel room gets accidentally uh, yes. killed. That, that's my, uh, yeah. Played uh, by I'll Tom Atkins' wife at the time, by the way. Yeah. Mm. And she had and to listen to them bang. What? It was, her face was rough. Like that yep. scene is really, I don't I mean, know how to describe it. Like you watch Halloween one and two and there's a lot of like deaths in there. But, you get to this one and the this is like really grotesque and dark. Well, and that's the thing. The first Halloween was bl- almost bloodless by design. Erwin Yablons yeah. Le- and Carpenter didn't want to have a bunch of blood in it. Two had more, but it was still, in terms of gore, pretty yeah. tame. And then they just they went for it with this one. Um, Hardcore. I did think it was, th- it was funny. You mentioned that she was uh, the actress was uh, Tom Atkins' wife at the time. Um, but she didn't want to wear the mask, the prosthetic for that mm-hmm. scene. So they had to use a body double <laughs> body double. There's another eighties movie, by the way, but it is definitely that, that scene. Cause when we, when it first misfires and hits her in the face, it's just like, Oh, and then we cut away immediately. So when you come back to that shot of just that nasty looking face and it just stays on it and you just sit there and watch, and it's like, you can cut away now. Can get, we get it. It looks. Oh, oh! Now something's gonna crawl out of her. Fa- oh, cool. Yeah, All right. Yes. No, well. No. Uh, forget sleeping ever again. Thank you. Yep. Jeezy crazy. No. Yeah. Um, Rewatching it a couple of days ago, you could tell that that was a mask. So oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, uh, like, at, at first, like when it fir- when you first look at it, it looks like really like I thought it looked really good, and then something like switches or something. There's a cut. You get a better look. (laughs) Well, you get a better look, but I think there's actually a cut in there somewhere where you go from someone wearing a mask to a dummy wearing the mask. When the bud comes out, I think starts crawling out of it, and that's that's where. Yeah, that's when it starts to look real bad. Yeah, but for a second, like three seconds, it looked okay. I was like, "Ooh, my mouth hurts now." (laughs) Makes it easier to go to the dentist, though. Yeah, gotta love yeah. those misfires. Yeah. And then after that shot, then you hear the faint uh, farting noises that she starts to make. And, uh... <laughs> yep. That's gonna be a running gag from now on. 
deal with it. Yeah. Did anyone else have anyone like, like, <laughs> like, like I had people telling me not to watch it, like, because it didn't have Michael Myers or anything like oh, that? Yeah. Is this the thing that happened? It, it had the reputation of, oh, it's the worst of the Halloween movies because Michael Myers isn't it. And when I was young, I just listened to that because I assumed yeah. that this had to be like Friday the 13th and nightmare on Elm street. And they all had to have the same story going on. And no, it's it, easily number two in the series for me. Um, the first Halloween will, will always for me be better than this movie. Um, but it's, and then I learned that, you know, Carpenter wanted this kind of thing for the series in the first place. Was it for it to be an anthology? And I kind of want to go to the universe where, that that actually happened where they don't have the shot at the end of the first movie with the body missing when he's definitively dead. And then we get, you know, every couple, three years, we get a new Halloween movie that's just based around the holiday. I love that idea. And yeah. it's a bummer that uh, it didn't get to go that way. Because this like movie's unfairly. Movies. Yeah. It's unfairly thought of as the worst in the series. Is it a great film? I mean, kind of know are any of them <laughs> but, uh, i i will i will uh i will say that the first one is based on what it did and what it did for the slasher genre um but the thing about it is it's better than a lot of the sequels in my opinion because it tried to do something new instead of just retreading like and then carpenter comes along and they're like all right look first movie was was super popular so we want michael myers back for a sequel and he goes fine whatever i'll write another one and he, he definitively kills Mike Michael Myers and Loomis at the end of Halloween, too. So he can do three, three bombs. And the producers are like, we want to bring back Michael Myers. But how are you going to do that? Magic. And there you go. We get the rest of them. They didn't um, they didn't murder him. He only had like like a couple of scars when he came back in four. Yep. I just rewatched it. And then in five, he's got even less scars. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird Magic. how that happens. No, I, you know what? But, Maybe, maybe he's actually evil. I mean, what if they're stuck evil. in this cyclical good versus evil thing where they're actually both dead? I don't know. Could anyway, <laughs> but no, I, I just it, it, I did. I got the same thing when I was younger that you did. Like, don't watch this one. Oh, Halloween three is terrible. Oh, season of the witch is awful. No, it's it not. Me off. I could have had the experience of watching this as a kid and deciding whether I liked it or not. Yeah, I'm glad that I've been able to see this on a big screen. Uh, at a lucky bastard. W- there was a few years ago um, they showed it was a four movie marathon on Halloween night, uh, or maybe like the day before or something. But it was the first three Halloween films and then the 2018 um, sequel. So it was great to get to see it on a big screen. Um, this is the second podcast I've been on to talk about this movie, I think, because I did it for my show um, in the first year. And I love talking about it because, because it's one of those, it's one of those movies that I do feel like just is unfairly maligned in, in the uh, catalog of eighties horror films. It's good. It does something It like the story doesn't make a damn bit of sense at all. <laughs> And they even do that. I love that they do that in there where they're like, you won't believe how we did this and then just move on from it. But like they tried some stuff. They did some fun things and you can tell they were having fun making it too. 
in the world of horror fans, this is this movie is revered. It is loved. It is appreciated. And I think that's where I got the biggest push to try and watch it because people would be like, oh, no, it's great. You should, yeah. When it gained that cult status. I, I just love the ending with, with when the, the bad guy is defeated. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's that. There's because like the character of Connell Cochran is awesome. Like we've said, oh, uh, is great. And then the ambiguous ending of the film itself. Yes. Because I think Tom Atkins likes to think that you know maybe his character did succeed and at least save his own kids, if nothing else. Maybe um, he did. We don't know. Because I guess there was a an ending where instead of the music playing over the end credits, it was screaming children, um, which... Oh, Jesus. Yikes. And Tommy Lee Wallace was room. like, no, maybe not. Maybe we don't do that. <laughs> Let's not think about the screaming children. <laughs> yeah. But you know what it's time for? The 13. For real this time. Are we sure? The 13 is a specially cultivated list of tropes or our favorite things from horror movies. This list may change or be adjusted as time goes on and in real time because this is real life and not a movie. You gotta believe me and take it off the air. Stop it! Stop it! Number one, Kitty Cat. Yes. Yay, Kitty! Kitty. A couple of them, right? I remember the one when they're scanning the... uh, like the area with the cameras. Yeah, the curfew thing. Yeah, yep. the curfew thing. There was that one. I thought there was maybe one other one, but it could have been something else I watched recently. I see cats and a lot of stuff. It's because cats are the best. Yay! Yes. <laughs> one and Number- one A. <laughs> Number two, Volkswagen. There's a lot of cars. No. I don't remember seeing a Volkswagen anywhere. No. There was a BMW. <laughs> That's because there's yeah. assholes in this movie. That's true. That is the international car of assholes, let's be honest. Mercedes mm-hmm. and BMW. That's always the person that cuts you off. <laughs> well, that's always no. the person that cuts me off. Yeah. Say it's all varieties for me. <laughs> it's because you drive a work vehicle. <laughs> Uh, no Volkswagens. Number three, scary location, time of the year, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Small town. Yeah. Santa, Santa Mira, California. Creepy evil factory. Company town. Company <laughs> town. I like that. You know what? It, it's like a, like, like a bloody, va- my, va- blah, 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 blah. Yes, my bloody Valentine. There you go. I got there. That's like a that's that's also like a like a town that's around the mining, which is kind of the same thing. That similar company funded company towns are were a real thing. Oh, company town. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, Santa Mira is also where uh, the original invasion of the body snatchers was set. Yes, Mm -hmm. and they have similar themes. Coincidence. 
No, somebody fucking wrote this. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to see that one too, 1956. But I feel like I don't know. Maybe that feels like a movie night or something together. It should totally be a movie night thing. I'd watch it again. Number four. Meta horror fourth wall breaks mentioning the title. <laughs> Just a little. I, they say Halloween, but not Halloween three season of the witch. <laughs> but they also uh, mention the season of the witch. Uh, they mention witchcraft and, and on the TV in the bar, they are playing ding, ding, ding. They're talking about Halloween 1978. This movie exists in the universe our universe where that movie is an actual movie. And then later on in the continuity of Halloween, the masks from this movie show up. So there's some weird crossover there. Yep. Very good. Very good. And also a certain uh, voice on the phone. Yes. Yep. I did like that. That was a wonderful cameo. From maybe you want to mention it for the listeners. Oh, uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank you. Or maybe Laurie Strode. Who knows? Maybe they got her. <laughs> could be. Could be. Um, I don't know if you noticed. This was the first time that I noticed that the Halloween theme plays while he's tied up in the chair. Dr. Chellis. Tom Atkins. It plays like the, you know, the theme from the, the Halloween, not the theme theme, but like, you know, the. I mean, uh, the, the movie Halloween is on his the TV as well. Yeah, and it's playing that at that time. Moment. But like you hear it, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's this moment of ah, there's that Halloween song. Oh, Tom Atkins yelling into the camera in the last scene. He's talking to yeah. us. Yes, and also there's a there's kind of like a little bit of a link, and I I really hate to mention this because it connects it to the worst Halloween movie, but uh. This is like a little tentative link to Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers, with the whole Curse of the Thorn and all that kind of stuff. Um, is there, though? A little bit. I mean, It's a weird I little link. I don't make any connection there. I mean, you have Stonehenge and, uh, you know, the whole, uh, what's they might call it, the symbols, Jesus Christ, runes. Mm. It's loose. It's a very loose connection, but also three is like half of six. So that's a connection as well. Oh my god, (laughs) that's a that's a close mathematically. I'm I'm trying to save you here, damn it. That's a closer connection to me. Why are you trying to save me? Anything (laughs) nerdy? I didn't make this up or something. (laughs) Didn't you though? It's literal trivia. I didn't guess at this. Oh, also, uh, the the season of the witch part is named after George Romero's film of the same name. Not the Donovan song, if that's what you were thinking. <laughs> no mm, offense, this Donovan. Named, this wasn't named after the Nick Cage movie? <laughs> you know, I've never seen that movie either. <laughs> I have. I should really watch that. It's got Ron Perlman in it. I mean, come on. I know. And I love Ron Perlman. That's like a double whammy. Like, all it needs to have is... uh, Who's the the other guy I will always watch in movies? I forgot his name. That's fine. We'll move on. (laughs) Number five. Archetype characters. 
Crazy Brown from Friday the 13th, Randy from Scream. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, the, there's the drunk that disappears <laughs> quickly. He's kind of the crazy Ralph. Starker, the, the town drunk, is great. He, town he drunk? Pop, he pops out of nowhere, right? He, do, he gives us a jump scare, asks for a, a swig of the alcohol, but then has his own bottle in the next scene. So mm-hmm. he didn't really and need gets Tom Atkins. Um do we call the first guy the the doomsayer type guy coming with the news being chased by the factory people? Would we call the him the doomsayer? You mean the foreshadow? <laughs> There's a look. Yeah, that's a uh, that could fall into one of these categories of like kind of an archetype character that, you know, the mm-hmm. he's Harry in the beginning of the movie is the crazy person that nobody believes. Yeah. Um, but is basically telling everyone you're all doomed. We're all going to die. They're coming for us, but nobody believes him because he's hysterical. And then he gets his skull ripped apart by someone. It's a weird death. It's a very weird death. I like that. He crushes the one guy with the car. That's a very lovely moment. (laughs) The best part about that is the complete lack of reaction by the actor playing the automaton that gets crushed. He just like because you don't know that at the time, and you're just like yeah, you don't. Oh, this guy is just like <laughs> at all. You're like, wow, that is a wooden performance because he's like he's choking the guy out, and then he just looks up and sees the car and just sort of watches it hit him and slightly moves. And the first time you watch this movie, it's like, ugh, the hell is going on? Until later on, when you realize he's a robot, he's a robot. Like that was also the the lamest uh, choking ever. <laughs> Like seem to take a let while. me just caress your neck a little bit while I give you all the time in the world to pull stuff and a find a car to crush me with and uh, yeah yeah especially when you find out it's a robot you're like um you couldn't you just well, kill me I mean the robots take a while to kill people by choking if you notice almost everybody gets away <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like there's a flaw in their program. Design of writing or something. Hmm. It is true. Uh, Awesome evil bad guy. Oh, yeah. So freaking great. I love him. I mean, come on. He was, you know, and after this, he goes on to be uh, Grig in The Last Starfighter, and he's awesome in that. And then he plays the old man in Robocop. He's actually credited as the old man. True. Uh, I gotta watch Robocop again. He has just got one of the great voices. Like there are voices that you that you hear that are really good. Like Morgan Freeman's voice is great. Like all these voices are great, but Mm -hmm. voices like his are buttery smooth. Butter. Yeah, that's a perfect role for him because that Mm -hmm. voice is something that uh, the bad guy would have. It would be like, yeah, I can talk and talk and everyone will love me and mm-hmm. I can just do whatever. It's that charm, right? He's mm-hmm. got that charm yep. thing. Lucky that- charm, you might say. Yeah. He's got that charm, but then like as an actor, he's also got that ability. There's one shot of him in particular, and it's partially his complete white hair. Uh, but there's a shot of him where he he gets this sinister look to his face and he barely changes his facial expression, but there's enough of a change like in his eyes that all of a sudden he gets really scary looking for a quick second. Like, Oh, Oh, this guy's going to kill all the kids in the world. Like he's just, 
He yikes. And I love that. It's a great moment. Mm-hmm. Love how he played it up for all the, all the, 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 the family and, you know, getting the two of them to come with them on the tour and yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is also, uh, you know, archetype, the, the over enthusiastic salesman person. Uh, oh yeah. His, Boy, his wife <laughs> being, you know, the wife <laughs> and, and the annoying kid that is uh spoiled brat. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I like the way you say that. I'm giving, you know, well, with the way the kid was acting, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say yeah. probably. I would say no, for yeah. certain. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were going on a tour. When are we going to see the mess being made? Jeez, kid. <sighs> then you kid don't feel bad when you know that happens to him. Number six: pointless boobies, weird wings, Moonies, Fanny, Tom's Moonies. <laughs> we get Atkins butt. Uh, and it's a great Atkins butt. <laughs> we, we also get uh, blurry shower boobies. Blurry shower boobies and almost a uh, nightgown sliding off. Mm-hmm. Yep. Trust me, I was watching that real closely. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Paying very close attention. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, I think Tom Atkins talked about the the scene where he's like, you know, where you see his butt, and he's just like, you know, like he was young at the time, and he's thankful that he did it. That there's still like a picture of him out there looking good, because nobody wants to see his butt now or something like that. But I mean, you say he. It's funny to say he was young at the time because the man was born in 1935. He's still alive. He was almost 50. He was fifth. He was supposed to be forty something, right? In the movie, so like mid. Yeah, he's in his forties. So it's not like he's young, young, walking around naked. Uh, it I was mean, also that's... this was like the second movie in a row where he played a character who gets into a relationship with somebody a whole lot younger than him that makes the first move on him. Also, <laughs> gets into bed at, like within thirty seconds of meeting these women. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh. oh. I will wow. say this. I love I love Tom Atkins. Absolutely love Tom Atkins. Right? He's, he's a great. Just he is a total slut in this. But also, <laughs> he's a terrible dad. Like he's just not a good dude <laughs> he's at all. He's not a good husband. Like, he's not he's a good father. Not a good ex-husband. He's a drunk. Not a he's a yeah. He 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 calls and lies to his wife, his ex-wife all the time. Doesn't see his kids. Uh casual um uh kind of not sexism but like casual um, misogyny sexual misconduct at work when he's like flirting with the nurse and he's grabbing her ass with the lab lady too she's like you're gonna have to buy me dinner you just had sex with the other lady and you're They're talking about giving dinner to him, this one him. Wow, I know but it's just him. like you know chalice doc doc wow. keep your pants there buddy jeez it was a different time okay I'm surprised he didn't have more kids <laughs> no doubt well he might he just doesn't know it it's a whole lot of little Dr. Chalices running around. <laughs> yeah. But I love Tom Atkins. It's It also, to me, is really funny because he's like, Tom Atkins is not who you would think of as a sex symbol. Yeah. It's just, just that's not a, that's not a name that's going to come to mind right away. It, you know, especially in like the early 80s, but he has it, right? He's got something going on there. Because yeah. I know 
I know you love him and are Darcy like loves all him. about. Yeah. Like Darcy does too. It's, but he's not, he's not who you would think of. He's not Harrison Ford. He's not, uh, you know, he's not like this rugged leading man looking guy. He's He's kind of, he's a little frumpy, a little doughy. Um, and he looks what he what it is is he he was a, kind of the originator of the dad bod trend, right? He was <laughs> he was the dad bod. I mean, before that not, was a term. He's not really that like it, you know, like he look he has like a normal body, like he's not. But that's that's like what I mean by that. Like it's not your skinny or overly anything. But so it's the same thing when we watched. Um, we watched alligator and we were talking about Robert Forrester. It's the same kind of attractiveness. It's just like, and they're both, they both playing like very, uh, like macho misogynistic people, but they're also in the eighties. So it's like, you got to give that leeway of like, they're not, they're probably not that bad, maybe in this day and age and whatnot. And I think that, you know, it's kind of this, there's like a, it's, it's kind of like the perception of what women like in, in men in movies. And that comes from like a lot of male oh, gaze sure. things and Absolutely. that men look and they're like, well, this is, you know, women look at Arnold and that's who they think is a sex symbol. And it's just like, you know, no, some women. Yes, of course. Like there's, there's some, there's a box for every lid. Right. But <laughs> no, it's just, it, it's, it's that backwards. thing. It, yeah, it, it's a it's there's a lid for every pot. Yeah, um, no, it's it's one of those things. Like, if you think of like sexy male leading men in Hollywood, and you're right, there's a lot of that male gaze, and there's a lot of sort of projection of it. Um, but like somebody that looks like Tom Atkins is not the the thing that you are conditioned to think of at first. But I, yeah, it's like Tom which, Cruise, and I'm like, no. I, I like Tom Cruise. I can watch him and stuff, but like, I don't want to have sex with Tom Cruise. I've never wanted to have sex with Tom Cruise. You know what I'm saying? No, I totally, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. And it's sort of like today's version of it would be, uh, you know, uh, say Ryan Gosling or something like that. Like he's considered that Tom Atkins isn't, but like, I like the fact that he portrays that type of character. You're right in that Robert Forster and alligator is a great example because they're sort of, they have an everyman look to them, um, and they are overly macho. It is there is some some of it is sort of that attitude and personality um, that gets in there as well. And then, but I like that because it sort of gives you an idea. Like oh, it doesn't matter. You don't have to. You don't have to look yeah. like Ryan Reynolds to to attract women. But you have to have the confidence mm-hmm. to go out there and be like, I am the sexiest thing in this room and I'm going to go and hook up with this 22 year old girl who just lost her fucking father. Yeah. Like <laughs> what the fuck the, shit the, is that? she's, she's 20 years younger than him. Very vulnerable at the moment. She just lost her dad. And I love it. Cause she's like, well, where do you want to sleep? Dr. Chalice? He's like, that's a stupid question. Like, dude, get out, out right now. But, uh, but no, it's the eighties. He don't do that. Nope. Instead he, uh, and it's so casual, by the way. Like it's not. It's, it's very, not even like a like a real, real like. They're just. They just. That's it. There's a line. They have sex. They do some stuff. It's really quick, and there's. It's not gratuitous, but it's just so. It's like. It feels that like it must be like the seventies are still like kind of dripping into nineteen eighty two. Like I always say, the early eighties. 
that free sex. And we're in, I guess that was the sixties, but the seventies did some free sixties into the set. Like there was a lot of that going on and it was, yeah. Um, People were having no, sex more. There certainly, there was a less, uh, it was <laughs> not as prudish at times. Uh, and that's saying something for America because we are like a very prudish country. Yeah, country, very much so. Right, right, Dreadley. But also at the same time, it's uh, it's a eighties thing and a movie thing where you have to have a romance. Oh yeah, you in, have to have in a some romance. way. There's got to be got to have that sex scene for whatever reason. Yeah, Look, we'll get into at that least, when we. At least he asked how if she was old enough. After, well, after they had they... sex the first time. Oh my yeah. god! So. <laughs> so, you know the first time you? doesn't count. Dude, it's already too late. Brother. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess he figured she was old enough. Oh god, I can't believe I just said that. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> yeah. we, will, we will delve into these overly sexual movies when we get to things like, like, we'll probably be able to do body double at some point, which is like, it's basically like soft core porn with some murders happening. Or like dress to kill or something, which is the very interesting genre of movie. By the way, <laughs> I don't know how to feel while I'm watching this. I'm like, I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. scared. Number seven: telling, retelling the legend, and/or establishing the movie's rules. Yeah, <sighs> very shortly. <laughs> it's quick, yeah. but it does happen. And, and you know the the the, the little uh, news blip about the the uh, missing piece from Stonehenge. Ah, yes. <laughs> that yep. you blink and you miss it. Uh, and then he goes on. Uh, Look at we have here. It came all the way from there, and we did things to get it here. You wouldn't believe the things we had to do. I'm not going to tell you what we did, but believe me, we did them. I, you know what though, I love that about this movie. Like, yes. We're just gonna hand wave away. We got a we got a stone from Stonehenge to California that we're chipping away at. How doesn't matter. We're not gonna tell you. It just happened. Just shut up and enjoy it. And that's and why are we doing this? Us. Because there's magic. <laughs> because we're evil and Sawan, which was great that they pronounced it correctly. Yes. In the movie. Well, yeah, especially after already, Halloween, which is awesome. Especially after Halloween two did not. Claire will be happy. Yeah, thanks Halloween two for making me say it wrong for like a long time. You mm-hmm. jerks. Well, and two wasn't the only one because they did the same thing in is it six, where they bring it back. They talk about it. I think. I yes. Think about yeah. six. I a lot of great. There's a lot of things that <laughs> that that pronounce that word wrong, but it was nice to to have it pronounced correctly, and I love that it's just. Evil bad guy is evil because evil. And this is for you, Claire. Number eight. Dance sequence, montage, homage sequence, flashbacks. I mean, speaking of giving all the Halloween they can handle and all the kids dying, that uh does that count as a dance sequence? The kid dying on front of TV. I mean, there's a montage. <laughs> kind of doing the head bang. There's a montage thing. sequence of the kids, like in their costumes, getting together. All over in the country. Cities. Yeah. I love the fact. I love the fact that it's those three masks on every child in the country, regardless of what their costume is. 
There's like, there's a young girl in like a tutu, a like fairy a costume, tutu, right? A tutu with a with a jack o' lantern mask on, skateboarding down the street in California. Like, you know, yep. all the kids have those masks everywhere. I love that. You didn't. It's great. <laughs> I want those masks. I. I love that shot at the end where they they show like all the masks in the store and then just hands grabbing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. how that goes. Wesley does have those masks, so if you yeah. ever if if you're a patron and you ever show up to one of our movie nights, you can see them behind him when he's at home. <laughs> nice. I don't know if they actually fit on a human head, but they're they do. They're, Nice. They, <laughs> they fit on your head. They don't, they don't oh, yeah. close on the back, but. <laughs> Number nine. Scary score, spooky soundtrack. Best theme song ever. It's really good. It's <laughs> the music. The music in this movie is second to the original Halloween score as well. I love the. Because it, it takes what Carpenter did with that Halloween score and it just changes it a little bit, but gives you that same kind of feel. And it's that 80s sort of synth, you know, it's Cat Fell Asleep on the Synth Again type music. <laughs> and it's called Chariots of Pumpkins. It's so did good. you know that? I love it. It's the beautiful, well, I guess the main like theme theme, but then like the song too is just for the commercial is also really, really good, but it's, uh, it's literally London bridge. <laughs> yeah. Which, which they use because it was public domain. They're like, well, yeah. it's public domain. We can just write our own lyrics for it. Uh, but, but no, the music, great. the music in this is so good. They had so. also those, the stings, you know, the stings when they're doing stuff in the, the yes. loud, like, boing, and I'm just like, Oh God, that scares me. Actually. The sound scares me more than what's going on. <laughs> but I love that that synthesized sting sound that they use. It's just, it immediately puts you into the early eighties. Yeah. You know, in a horror movie like this. Puts me home. <laughs> Number 10. That scared the shit out of me. Jump scares, one last scare and other creepy shit. Uh, obviously we already said this before, but I'm just going to put this out here. Uh, killing children is always a bold move. And always the right move. Especially with having bugs and snakes coming out of them. That's just a gross way to yeah. do that. Using the children as a catalyst to kill the parents is actually really ingenious. Uh, I mentioned the jump scare of Town Drunk just kind of popping out of nowhere. Um, Poor like, Town Drunk. So, some dude was walking down the alley. I'm going to jump out at him and scare the shit out of him and then ask him for help. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I noticed but, you got that bag there, and it looks kind of heavy. Just thinking maybe I could have some of that. I, I got my own bottle here, but I want some of yours. Um, and trust me, I'm. I don't have any diseases. Yeah, trust clean. me. Sure, sure you don't. <laughs> so that was always. I mean, I guess it's alcohol, so it sterilizes. I guess kind of. It's strong enough. Um. It didn't scare the shit out of me, but I do love the moment where the automaton comes in. It kills uh, what's his name in his hospital bed by by breaking his skull. Mm-hmm. Again, very very strange kill. But then takes the time to wipe his gloves off on the, <laughs> on the curtains. On the, 
on the curtains, like <laughs> takes his time to wipe his gloves off, giving the nurse enough time to get in the room and ask him who he is. And then he just casually walks out and he's, he's got, uh, he's got slasher speed, right? Because he turns a corner 10 feet in front of Tom Atkins, who's in a full sprint and Atkins comes around the corner and he's all the way down the hallway around another corner, even though he never picked up his pace. So, Again, like now, nowadays, my brain pictures him as soon as that robot turned the corner, it just went into a dead sprint. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> and then gets into his car, casually covers himself in gasoline and lights himself on fire. No, you know what he did? Maybe what he did is sometimes when you can't move, all you can do is jump. I've been playing Baldur's Gate. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's how I move. But, um, yeah, those uh, the super strong robot goons, they were really severe with the way that they murdered people. You know, ripping people's heads off, drilling things. Like, all of that was really, like, the, the lab technician especially really kind of, you know, I felt really bad because she was just, she was just flirting with Tom. She didn't know that was going to kill her, and it did. Yeah, she didn't deserve to die. Especially... I- and that's an, that's another one of those scenes where less is more, right? That's the that's the kill that has no gore to it at all, but because you know what's being set up, where they show him pick up the drill, and the way it's shot, where everything yes. is obscured except her legs, flailing. like flailing, and then just stop, like it's gruesome. All because she figured it out. Yeah. See, they just killed smart women. Uh, Ellie being a robot, fuck that. Fuck that shit. Fuck, fuck that. Yeah, that was a, again, huh? Moment in the movie yes. where you're just like, wait, what? But at the same time, loved it. Because yes. it's just so dumb. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, she wasn't a robot the whole time. No. But. Yeah. We captured her. And now, now she's in this room. Was not accepted. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's dead now because she was probably still in the factory. <laughs> if she, she wasn't, wasn't before, she dead. is now. <laughs> yeah, she is now. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, well. Ah, uh, another thing that is probably meant as a kind of a jump scare, but I found just funny whenever I watched this, is when he's walking back in the motel, uh, and a salesperson arrives and nearly crushes him with a bike that flies off because for some reason. And then it's like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. And then he just continues walking and nearly gets run over by the saleswoman that arrives. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus Christ. That's a good one. Oh, I got scared by uh, the, the next part when when Ellie is walking by and the, the other lady, that's Tom Atkins' wife, and she she comes out of nowhere and starts saying something, scares Ellie. Oh, she and honks I, her horn. Yeah, or yeah, whatever it was that she did. Like I screamed. I'm like shit. So that's what got me. <laughs> that's what scared me for real. Like fuck you guys. Number eleven. Someone does stupid shit. Or name your favorite trope. We already said ambiguous ending, but it's great. It bookends. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. You end up at the same gas station. Yep. Mm-hmm. How's that for symmetry? Yeah. Uh, bad father. We've bad dad. About that already. 
High functioning yep. alcoholic also kind of. Yeah, he's going to take a road trip, so he's got to have his six-pack uh, Miller Genuine Draft <laughs> take with him. It's the 80s. Nobody cared. I'm heading out on the road for a couple of hours. Got to have them road beers. Okay. Here's a, here's another one for me. Okay, so... Okay, go with me on this. Ellie is a shitty robot. Like, somebody decided that the lady robots aren't going to be as strong because she basically just, like grabs him, scratches his face a little bit, and then can barely do anything when she's fighting him. I'm like, you're a fucking robot. You should be able to literally rip his face off or something. Or at least somewhat defend yourself better. Yeah, she was incredibly ineffective. (laughs) Yes. She was the worst robot. They would have been better off sending the old lady knitting after him. Yes. Oh my god. Did anybody get like a Doctor Who vibe from that that lady for some reason? Kind <laughs> like of, that. yeah. It had so, that feel of like like yeah, that would so totally be something in a Doctor Who episode. Like, oh shit, knitting lady. And she was German. The knitting yeah, lady? True. Yes. Yeah, she she was a German uh, robot from what, the seventeen hundreds? Oh. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you do. Automaton. I can't really say there was really a lot of people doing stupid shit. I mean, I mean the, other the than drunk guy yelling and uh, at at and getting killed for yelling. Other than the doctor choosing to go on a hunting spree to find out what's going on. <sighs> I mean, you're not a detective. You're not a cop. What are you doing? I mean, he has the mustache for it, so. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not Tom Selleck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of, not a lot of like super stupid shit. The only real stupid shit is trying to believe some of the magic stuff. But we got to see the magic stuff at the end. Magic. Yeah. Well, I, I, I will double down on also the other robots were kind of stupid because like, everyone else said in different parts of the show uh, they were ineffective when they needed to be and super effective when they needed to be and that is just kind of dumb I'm just saying yep. like you could rip somebody's head off but you can't choke somebody or maybe they were yeah. all just of different strength or something I don't know maybe that's what yeah, it is it's like Futurama you have Bender he can bend but he can't do other things that's <laughs> Town, town drunk gets taken out like nothing. They're just like, they show up, rip his head off and leave. But dude that could expose them all and is actually outside of the city. Maybe it's a proximity thing. They were so far away from their power source and they were all run down. Uh-huh. Battery was low. Who knows? But yeah, it wasn't like a, a ton of egregious, stupid. There wasn't the, the typical stupid yeah. decisions being made by characters in a movie like this. Yeah, it was just regular stupid decisions like, you know, sleeping with somebody five minutes after you meet them and drinking in a bar in the afternoon when nobody else is there. Uh, or asking how <laughs> old she is afterward. Yeah. 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 But this is all stuff that, like, you know, we're all flawed, broken human beings and, you know. It's true. We do stuff. I was going to say, in defense of going to sleep with him in five minutes, maybe that was her orders if she was a robot the entire time. An automaton to lure him there. 
but why? <laughs> so, so I think, so my, my thinking is that she wasn't a robot because oh, none I'm... of the other robots really talked. And she also, talked most of the time until later in the movie. Yeah. So if thinking, she was a robot, she wouldn't have gone on the tour because he wanted to leave. She wouldn't have pointed out the car in the garage. So we could yeah. probably pinpoint if we wanted to when she became when they traded her in for the robot or whatever. But yeah, I when she was there, when she was captured during the mm. tour. Okay, well then there you go. We've pinpointed it. Solved. We solved the movie. We did it. High fives. Hooray. Yay us. Number 12. Final girl. Final boy. Final mustache. (laughs) Final butt. I'm going to give him final boy. Just because I want to. I don't care if he was a 45 year old man. (laughs) I will call him a boy. Um. He fights the he fights the bad. He lives he lives to be well. He's kind of um, okay, so maybe not really a final boy, but whatever. I don't care. I mean, he's there the only no one that ex- that survives. Technically, yes. But. That knows, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Number thirteen. The Savini scale of gore. It's not the quantity of gore; it's the quality of gore, special effects, and monsters. So how many magic pumpkins? Aww. Out of ten. I'm going to give it seven. Like, it's good. It's not great, but it's pretty solid. You know, we talked about the the mask on the lady um, and how it looked really creepy at first, and then it kind of fades a little bit like you lose part of that is they stayed on it for too long but but also yeah. uh right. moving it to the dummy but some of the other effects were were pretty cool like they're not groundbreaking but it's 1982 and it's not a huge budget production and i thought they did a pretty good job with what they what they did do i agree i was gonna say seven that's why i gave you the weird look stop reading my mind stop it it's, it's my turn with the brain cell uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not a bunch Aww. of orange cats. <laughs> Speak for you. <laughs> I shall agree on the seven. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't even mind. Uh, I didn't even notice that it looked worse afterwards because I was too focused on the bugs. But ah, uh, uh, it looked fine. And, and, and the head, for. <laughs> the head being ripped off was cool, and then the little squirt of blood was funny. That was a nice. That was a nice added nice. touch, right? That arterial yeah. spray. <laughs> um, but also the masks themselves. The mm-hmm. masks are part of this, and I think those are yeah. really cool, and they're iconic looking. That skull mask is awesome. I just, I just thought of something terrifying. Tell I just us. want to point out, like. Another terrifying thing is going to be whoever has to go and find that lady whenever they do go to find her in bed with the face blown off and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. Well, it was one of the robots. So. Oh, they did find her? Then am I forgetting that? 
Well, they, they have the whole scene where they come and yeah, they take her I away. I forgot already. It's fine. It's fine. Well, you were you were still focused on Tom Atkins' butt. Frog. Yeah, it was right was, after you saw hard. that. It was that scene where he yeah, gets up and puts his pants on. Yeah, you see his butt because they found her. Yeah. Oh well, I have to didn't. go back and look. No butt uh, for the scene. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find Sam Pandy or just, never mind. Just, I'll just look, look for the butt. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven as well. I was going to give it a six, but I decided to give it an extra point because it does do that really good effect that Travis was saying where uh, they killed the lady with the drill and they don't show it. And it's like, that's that makes me feel like you're smart enough to figure out what you can and can't do and learn, you know, use good methods to get there. Because it's like... Uh, I watched this movie called um, White Ghost, Black Ghost Thing from Juan. And there's a scene where somebody is like doing some violent action to somebody else. And it's it's the sound, it's the motion, and you don't actually see it. But mm. there's just something about that that's really effective and scarring. Yeah, because like that, that scene with the lab lady it's so much worse than if they did a really bad mock-up and ran a drill mm-hmm. through it and show you that. Like there's gore hounds out there. that will be like, Oh, I want to see the drill going into the head, blah, blah. No, you don't. If it's going to look bad, which they wouldn't have been able to do it well enough yeah. on the budget that they had. So instead give us less and it ends up being more. I, the only really not great thing was the, the mask on the dummy. And even then, it's it's only bad to us now because we have better screens. That's also true. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I watch Back to the Future and... Uh, what's his <laughs> name? Doc Brown looks really bad in that aging makeup with a good, good screen. <laughs> Which you never notice until you're actually looking at a good screen and good copy and whatnot. But yeah, that's true. And that'll wrap up 13 for this episode. We'd have a body count, but uh, if it goes as we think it did, it's a lot. So, like, It's either nine or <laughs> millions. <laughs> One of the two. That's a good range. Range. Uh, well, I guess if you want to count the automatons, even higher. <laughs> yeah, I like that their blood was orange juice concentrate. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than milk. <laughs> yeah. No, sure. And now we'll play What the Hell Was That? It's actually, well, we're not going to play a clip. We're just going to say that we're skipping an episode for the first time ever in the history of uh, gore. Yeah. So you're going to miss us. Maybe I'll try to come up with some content that I can put out there for you. But if I can't. Uh, I'm sorry, but yes. So we'll be skipping an episode, but when we come back, we will be doing our Thanksgiving episode, which will be... Thanksgiving uh, 3000? Uh, I don't know. You know what? I think I might actually put it to a vote or something because I can't decide <laughs> which terrible Thanksgiving movie to force us to watch. So I think that's what I'm going to do. There'll be a vote out because there have been some, uh, <laughs> some talks about poultry geist. So that's a that's a terrible possibility. 
Why not Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving? No, that won't be out by then, I think. Right? It won't it be out in time for us to do before. Yeah, exactly. So maybe next year. Um, there are some other things. There's like a couple of TV movies. If I can, you know, finagle a way to get that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll keep in touch. You know how you can keep in touch with us, though? That's by following us at Gore Podcast on Twitter and Blue Sky. We didn't get any emails, but if you'd like to email the show, uh, you can do that at gorepodcast13 at gmail.com. We have a Patreon, and guess what? We have a brand new patron. So we'd like to welcome Sean, also known as a stigma. Don't know which one you want us to call you, but we'll call you both, I guess. Who has joined us at the friends till the end level. So welcome to the group, the crew, the family of Gore. Just in time for the Halloween special. Exactly. Just in time for the Halloween special. And um, I guess this will come out the day before we do it. So I guess if you're listening to this the day of, you might still have time to sign up for the Patreon so that you can watch the movie with us, but we'll keep saying stuff on Twitter anyway. So hopefully you'll have already signed up where everybody at every level will be able to watch the patron movie night for the month of October. It's going to be a fun time. We already said what we were watching, right? Yes. Yeah. We're just going to watch all in three. This movie we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So maybe don't listen to the previous part of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Too we said late. It somewhere else. We've been saying it. I think we said it in the, we'll say it in the discord so they know. Um, we also said it on Travis's show. Yes. 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 That's right. So if you'd like to support us on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash gore 13. And we have a website, so check us out at gorepodcast.com. You can check out all our links and find where to everything. Everything us. Um, And don't forget to check out Wait You Haven't Seen. We're guesting on it all month. We did Maximum Overdrive. We've done Chud. And next we're going to do... Did we already say what we were going to do? Well, by the time they're hearing this, we'll have done... All of them. Kid out. And, no, uh, we'll still have one left, right? No, we'll be done. No. Well, go we'll check them, them out. If you out haven't checked we'll them have out done, already, how about that? Is that in good? the next one, which I've forgotten, yeah. and there will be one left. Oh, so afterwards. we can just say it because it's not spoilery, right? Yeah, it's fine. It'll be so, Get Out, um, yeah. Tales of Halloween. There you go. And uh, what is our last one? Evil Dead. remember now. Yes. 20, yes. The 2013 Evil Dead. Ugh. Yeah, so go check those out after the fact. Because that's what the date is. But until then, or until next time we have this show, Travis, where can people find you? Pick your social media platform of choice, put in TVs, Travis, and you'll find me. Uh, or go to my wonderful website made by the one the, the one and only Bombats, tvstravis.com. Damn it! I forgot to say Bumby made our website too. Now he'll come for us in the night. 
Nope, you just said it, so you're covered. <laughs> Faye, where can people find you? On Twitter at Chibi Lynn. And finally, Dreadly, tell people how they can travel to the bowels of hell to find you. Uh, just travel to thedreadzone.com and you'll find all the linkages uh, that you can ever possibly need. Including Blue Sky, which I finally added. Uh-huh. Yay. And where can people find you, Wicked Kitten? You can follow me on Twitter, Twitch, and Blue Sky at WickedKitten13. And, well, that's it, I think. Anyway. Yeah, do that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope we made it a little harder to fall asleep tonight. I shot him six times! Uh.